So I think that's how I became most successful. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? To get the answers, we interview top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. Listen, we believe every agent should make a minimum of $100,000 per year, and we're on a mission to make this happen. We've already helped over 100 agents achieve this with our coaching. So if you want to fast track your business growth, get to your first $100,000 in GCI or add another $100,000 in GCI using social strategies, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com or you can just click the link in the description below. Also, just make sure to follow us, hit that subscribe button. And if you get any value from this at all, please tell a friend and leave us a review. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. One of the things you've touched on it numerous times, um, which is actually about being a local expert, um, which is your second topic. So I want to dive into that because, again, this is something that we're big on because a lot of agents, a lot of people who are listening to this show probably are taking on everyone and everything and they don't have a niche, they don't have a brand, they don't have a certain clientele, which we always see harms you. You might think it helps you short term, but it actually harms you um, because you just, you, you're serving everyone, so you're serving no one, basically. It's kind of the witty or the piffy quote that goes along with it. So, and, and also being a local expert ties in very nicely with that. Because then you know how to service your buyers and sellers extremely well because you're like, I've done this a thousand. Even though it's not a thousand, even if you've done it 30 times, like, yeah, like, right. holy shit, you are a local expert. Like, you, you sold that type of listing or that type of house 30 times in a year and that's all you do? Like, come on. So unpack for us being a local expert and, and really carving that kind of trait into your real estate business because for us, it's one of the most important things that you can do. So again, perception versus reality. So let's face it, if only 28% of the people think it's a good time to buy, then we have a broken message, right? So, so, so think about that. Same thing with the sell. You know, it's like houses are selling like hotcakes. I saw my neighbor's house. They got this. I should be able to get much, much more. And they're not the expert, but they're driving you to push the price higher than it should be. Because from the seller's perspective, I can always come down. I can't go up. So let's start way up here. OK, well, in some cases, you know, you don't know how to price the house without a crystal ball because we are getting 20, 30, 40,000 over sometimes. So you kind of have to like preset them on what the current market's doing. So perceptually, if only 28 percent of the buyers think it's a good time to buy a home and the sellers think it's an unbelievable time to sell a home. OK, are they going somewhere? So you kind of have to like show them that there's a process. So how do you bring value to the table for them? So you got to see what's your situation, right? So you're talking about selling a home right now. Is that correct? And so what you want to know is, is like when you differentiate with the customer or the seller, you know, they already have their perception, you know, about the market, you know, what they think. And they have a perception about what they want to do to the house. So you as the expert have to look at the local data. So if I said to you, and let's say this neighborhood or subdivision or little town, if you do an active search, we call it an area market survey. So that would show you how many homes are on the market, how many are under contract, how many closed in that window of time. And so perceptually, you know, you may not realize there's only eight homes for sale. You might think there's like 30. So if I ask people, they always think there's more than there is. So that's number one. And the other thing is they're hearing national headlines. So the headlines, they terrify, they don't clarify. So when we know they're seeing that, hey, the foreclosures are up 50 percent, 
That's kind of scary because it flashes you back. But in reality, if there was one foreclosure and now there's two, it's up 100%. So it's not relative to what the market's really doing. So you have to educate them that say, look, that like, let's say you know what their fear is. Their fear is, is that I think it might be the best time or the worst time because I think the market's going to tank the war in Ukraine. We better sell it before the stock market and the dollar crashes. So you got to kind of understand where their head is. So then you kind of weave into that that cavity, if you get what I'm saying. And so the local market would be in your local multiple listing service, you pull the data for that area so you know how they stack up against the competition. And you say it's better to price it right about where you think the market is because that'll generate multiple offers and then let the market drive the price up. Because it, like they think, let's start way up here. And then you, what's the first thing they say when it's on the market 30 days and not sold? What's wrong with it? Did someone die in the house? Does it have a wet basement? You know, that doesn't seem right to me. Why is the house not sold? If it's not sold in like two minutes, people think it's on the market too long. And it's all relative. So you as the expert say the average days are 17 days on the market. The average price is 103% of value. Now, that doesn't mean that's what your house will be. It could be even more. So my professional opinion is, is that we showcase it. We bam it out there, however we do, you articulate that to, to them, and then you tell them what to expect. They're going to expect two or three days of a lot of showings, and you'll be inconvenienced, and then you're going to get hopefully two or three offers, and then we let the market decide where you're going to be, and then we'll pick the best one that fits your family needs. And so that could be price, it could be terms, it could be letting you stay in the home longer. So you have to kind of know their situation. And then you say, even though the perception is that buyers are starting to be concerned, you can use that to your advantage as well. You know, that the buyers are starting to be concerned. But, you know, honestly, do you think it's cheaper to buy now or in six months? Do you think it would be cheaper to sell now or in six months? Well, I guess if the rates go up to 6%, I don't know. You know, we don't know what that's going to look like. But we do know the rates are on the rise and they probably will continue to go. So you just have to see what their situation is. Are they selling and going to Florida to, to hang out with Pete? Or, you know, are they going to downsize or just buy RV and just drive around the world? I mean, I don't know. So you got to see what their situation is and make sure you're educating them on the local market so that, you know, they don't get stuck with the perception of what the national headlines are, basically. For, for any agent who is thinking about like the local market, what would you say would be like a reasonable area for them to like focus on are you talking about like an hour drive up and down because that's one of the things that i'm trying to define as well okay. because we have three different counties between where i'm at to miami and a little bit north and i've just kind of sold a little bit of everything between like if you guys are familiar with, with southeast florida from like port st Lucie all the way down to miami but that's like an hour hour and a half north hour hour and a half south which is starts to become rather difficult because I don't consider myself to be a local expert in every single town or subdivision, but I do consider myself an expert, you know, like in my area, like Boca, Coral Springs, Parkland, Delray Beach, yeah. Deerfield Beach, which is a lot more manageable. Well, I think probably what I would do is you have to look at what your goals are, you know. So for me, you know, remember, I, I've, I've done this for a long time. So uh, you know, I had five kids, a wife stayed home, you know, no health care, no retirement. So in the five mortgages. So I had a lot of extra pressure. So I had to drive hard. So I went out of my way, got abused more because I did it because I needed to. Now I don't need to as much. So I my goal now is 40 minute drive. So like I live in a certain area. I put a pin, do a 40 mile 
or a 40 minute drive, how far would that be? And I'm comfortable with that. Now, in the seller's market, working with buyers, for sure, you don't want to do that because they'll whip you around. You want to be the dog, not the tail. So you have to kind of like be strict on how you do that. But on the seller's side, being a seller's market, I might go the exception because no matter what, if it's priced realistically in decent area, location, 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 it's probably going to sell quickly anyhow. Right? Absolutely. And and so in that point, I might bend the rules, but I prefer to be, honestly, I prefer to be um, off three days a week and work four days a week and crank out like maybe 130 transactions and crank out a big number. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love I love how you're saying that so casually. I prefer to be off for three days of the week, work for yeah. four and crank out 130 yeah. plus transactions. Like most people are like, damn, how the fuck in the world are you doing that many transactions working four days out of the week instead of seven days? Because the perception is that as a real estate agent, we sit on the couch and eat pizza all day oh, yeah. and that we have to work 24 seven, 365 hustle and bustle to make the next deal close. Cause otherwise we don't get paid. Well, and, and I know all of it all so well, cause remember I told you, I grew up in poor end of town, blue collar, didn't have any understanding. Well, of course, you know, now I do. Uh, but yeah, I think the key is is infrastructure. So um, when you think about um, a customer, you want to think of a customer for life. An example I'll give you uh, for me. So you're always looking for a buyer, looking for a seller, looking for a buyer, looking for a seller, you know. So what if they don't buy or sell immediately? What do you do with them? OK. And and what if like I give you an example. I had a condo uh, buyer. Uh, I went to church with them and they said, the father, the, the husband called me up and said, I can't take care of the house, the yard, the this, the that. And he goes, I want to buy a condo. And I said, okay. So I didn't really know him. So I met him at a condo, kind of was trying to kind of read what was really going on, why they want to do it. Well, I showed him three condos and they kind of liked the one. And he said, can you come back to my house and tell me what you think about my house? So I go back to their house and I'm like, wow, you know, there's not one step here. And I said, it's a ranch. So it had two front closets. They were complaining about the laundry in the basement and doing the tree trimming and the grass and whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so you're going to go to a condo. You're going to pay a fee for to do these things. And it's going to be because they were older. So it's going to be hard on them. And the wife wasn't saying anything. It was just the husband talking. So I said to the wife, I go, Evelyn, what do you think? And, and she says, well, it's whatever he wants, you know, whatever Jim wants. And so I'm thinking, hmm. Now, remember, this is a psychological thing, too, here and emotional. So they've been in the house 40 years. And I'm like, OK, what if you put 150 bucks a month in a slush account? And then when you need spring cleanup, fall cleanup or grass cutting, you can just have someone do that and maybe even plow the driveway. And I said, I think you can call the guy from church and take out this tub and put a walk in shower and put the stack of a washer here. I said, honestly, why would you want to move when you could just spend maybe 10 or 12,000 and, and just get this fixed up? You already, did you have a mortgage? No, it's paid for. So I talked them out of selling. What do you think they did at church? They told everybody. Including uh -huh. And how many, how many transactions came from that, you think? Uh, 20, 20, 30, at least, right? And then yeah. one other quick story so you understand what I'm talking about. So I have another lady uh, who her husband was real picky about finding something. They've been in their house for years. I would show them three, four homes a year, uh, you know, for 10 years. And they never bought initially. She felt bad. And I said, Hey, anytime, it's not a big deal. You know, I'm going that way anyhow, blah, blah, blah. And so they always knew I was really looking out for their interests, not necessarily looking out to make a commission, right. Or have a deal. So I did 12 transactions with their family, 12. 
She didn't even buy for me from 10 years. Now, eventually they did buy and sell. And that was a million dollar transaction. But my point is, is that you always want to look at the long view on everything. So I think that's how I became most successful is with the heart of a teacher, like Obviously, we need money to pay college. We need money to pay our bills. We need money to buy shoes. You know, because like I said, I had five children, five mortgages. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. I had no health care, no retirement. We even had one of our kids with no insurance. So I know what it's like to feel like sweating bullets nonstop. And I worked night and day. I mean, I worked till 11, 12 o'clock at night, 80 hours a, a week. Well, then over the course of time, when you start doing it the right way, like I'm saying, People will refer you like crazy. And what do they do? They go online and check you out. So you got to make sure that you get those reviews. So if you go to DominicFonte.com, I have 348 five-star reviews. Now, I used to have written reviews, but they don't do you any good because everybody goes to Google. And so I get a ton of business from people that look me up and they see some of the reviews and I at least get up at bat. So I get a chance to talk to them. And if I do okay, sometimes I win, the, you know, win it. And then sometimes they go about the commission, like what's your commission and all that. And then I have to go through that script and dialogue that I have. But I think overall, when you look at the long view with the heart of a teacher and you're providing information, and then now it's to the point where I create little video content and I blast it out there and I blast it to my database to touch all the buyers, the sellers, past customers, no customers. But if I have their email, I send out something once a week and then I post stuff all over the place to make sure that they see I'm always giving them relevant information about the current local market so that I have what's called top of mind awareness so that when the time comes that if they use me great and if they don't they tell two or three people and then you always remind them it would mean a lot to me if you could just mention my name to any of your friends or family even if you have an enemy I'm good with that too oh and by the way if you're interested in gaining access to our course and coaching programs then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com